Hi, Mike Gibson, coming to you live from ESC 2010. I'm joined here by Bert Pitt. Welcome, Bert. Thank you. Well, Bert, you just uh, got off the stage representing the Pearl Heart Failure Study. Tell us a little bit about uh, the incidence of hyperkalemia in the management of heart failure well, patients. You know, the, over the last few years, we've uh, been working on aldosterone blockade and RALS and Ephesus, and, uh, and then, of course, their renin inhibitors and more use of multiple RAS blockers. And when you use these agents, they're very effective, but you have to be careful about hyperkalemia. And uh, because of the use of multiple RAS blockers and the aging of the population, chronic kidney disease, these things come together. Uh, so there's been an increased incidence. And paradoxically, people with heart failure and chronic renal disease who are at the highest risk, if you look at the data, are getting treated with the least because of the fear of hyperkalemia. So we have high-risk people who are not getting anything sometimes or are getting suboptimal doses. We see this a lot in medicine. The highest risk who could benefit the most often are getting it. Right. So what is ROY so 501 This is a new uh, potassium-binding polymer, uh, which is different from the potassium resins that we've had, such as K-exalate. Uh, K-exalate uh, has been associated with bowel necrosis as a black box warning. This new polymer, it's early on, but looks as if there's no incidence of necrosis, very well tolerated, binds twice the amount of potassium as K-exalate, and we've done some initial trials that were still very early on, but look very promising. So what did you do in this heart failure study? How many patients? So we took uh, about 100 patients uh, with heart failure, and they could get into the trial by either of two means. Either they had a history of hyperkalemia within the last six months and stopped either a RAS blocker or a beta blocker, or they had chronic kidney disease. So either way they can get in. Once they got in, they were randomized, and then we started them on spironolactone in both arms using the dosing strategy we had in rails. We started with 25 milligrams, and at the end of two weeks, if the potassium was less than 5.1, we uptitrated the 50, which is the target dose in RALS. The primary endpoint was the change in potassium from baseline to four weeks. Secondarily, we looked at how many people could uptitrate, and third, we looked at the safety. And what did you find? So we found that the people on the polymer had a decrease in potassium over the four weeks of about 0.2 something, 0.2 get the exact number, sure. whereas the people on the placebo increased it by point something, two something. The difference was 0.45, highly significant. 91% mm -hmm. of the people on the polymer could uptitrate the dose versus about 70 something percent on the uh, placebo, highly significant. And uh, it was very well, we had excess side effects, but these were mostly minor, uh, flatulence and nausea, except for one case of flatulence severe, no serious adverse events and that were related to the drug, no difference in placebo, uh, no deaths, in fact there's one death in placebo, none, in, and uh, the dropout rates were equal. We did, however, have a few patients that developed hypokalemia. We used a 30 hmm. gram dose, so this was the initial study, so that's obviously too much for some people. Sure. We're going now, and they're doing studies now, and it looks as if 20 grams will be sufficient, but we clearly need far more data. Longer term, we've only gone four weeks, we want to go a year, and in the future, 
we're not going to be looking to prevent, we're going to be looking to treat hyperkalemia once you develop it and then try to keep you on a RAS blocker or an ALDA blocker. And I think you we, might avoid the hypokalemia with that. Yeah, we think with the doses we can do that. And if we're successful, then we can take these high-risk people with renal disease and heart failure and hopefully give them target doses of an ACE or an ALB and an ALDA blocker and really hopefully we can reduce mortality. That's the hope. But clearly, this is very early. Uh, we have a lot more to do, but we were very encouraged by the data we've seen so far. So what's next? A, a bigger so, phase two so, or So now three? we're doing multiple doses, lower doses, to avoid hypokalemia, and it looks as if that's possible. And then we'll go into treatment of elevated potassium to be able to tell you, given a certain dose of polymer, here's what you're going to get in reduction in potassium. So then you could hopefully tailor, tailor the therapy and keep people at high risk on life-saving therapy. Could this be used acutely, like KX ladies, or uh, It probably won't be used if you have T-wave changes associated with hyperkalemia, okay. but if you're sitting there at 5.5 five or 5.7 and there's not so we could do it, uh, it hasn't been looked at as acutely with enemas and things like that, uh, but it's be more the chronic right. use. Yes. Congratulations. Thank Thank and uh, we look forward to hearing what you find in phase 2B and phase okay. 3. And thank you out there for joining us today from ESC 2010.